Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, Sat Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. We got like a million domains. Make sure you guys check them out. There's something there for everybody to like. Uh, we've got wrestling, MMA, boxing, all that stuff. We're focused on MMA tonight. We had a big show, UFC 241. Uh, Showdown Joe will join me on uh, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern to talk about this show, to talk about this event in full. And uh, there is plenty to talk about here. If you all don't mind, leave a nice thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, also, I'll be posting individual videos of this show uh, on youtube.com slash FightfulMMABoxing. Uh, just, just a ton of content, a ton of stuff going on. Uh, send your questions in uh, the chat. If you donate a chat, a super chat, any amount, Go ahead, we will read your question or your statement on the air. Uh, reminder, if you're not coming to our live coverage on Fightful.com, you're missing out thousands of comments in tonight's. Uh, we do pick'ems, we do, uh, or we have Seda Wolf give his thoughts after this on the What the Hell Happened feature. Make sure you guys check that out. I have my watch, don't watch in the morning, which if you miss the show, it lets you know what's worth checking out and what isn't worth checking out. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this card. You're going to work from the bottom up. Sabina Mazo, unanimous decision, dominated Shayna Dobson. I thought it was over with that liver kick. That was that hit with the quickness. She finds a lot of success with those in her fights. She jumped all over Dobson, and a, and a takedown followed right there. This was real one-sided. Mazo landed some really good knees towards the end of the fight, but Dobson probably shouldn't be in the UFC. She got in there via tough. After being two and one and losing to Roxanne on the show, by all intents and purposes, she's a three and four pro fighter. There were some 30-24s here, so she's probably hitting Invicta next. If you get cut by the UFC, you're almost guaranteed a gig in Invicta. I love a good liver kick, so uh, watch the highlights of this one. Kyung Ho Kong defeated Brandon Marathon Man Davis. All I heard this week was about how Brandon Davis runs 20 miles a day. Now, good for him. More power to him. 
Not going to hate on him for that, but if I were him and I were a 10-7 and 7 pro MMA fighter, I would maybe be spending my time doing something else. Um, uh, maybe he needs to go run marathons. I don't know. Uh, this was a close fight, but if if you're running marathon lengths every day and you can't win a split decision, I think that really defeats the purpose of, of what you're doing. I mean, at least if – assuming this is his primary source of income. I can't speak to that. I don't know that. I, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I'm assuming it is. <clears throat> Kong chipped away at Davis with jabs before dropping him. Uh, Brandon Davis did find a lot of success with those leg kicks, but for some reason, the ref, the garbage ref, <clears throat> didn't stop the action when a gum shield flew out of one of the fighters' mouths and then stood up the fight in side control. That is unbelievable. That's one of the worst since I think Bobby Lashley, Chad Griggs got stood up in mount. Pardon. (laughs) So Davis's corner thought that he had it in the bag, but he didn't. (laughs) He lost the fight via split decision. Don't tell your fighters they have it in the bag if they don't. Hannah Cyphers outlast Jody Escabel. I kind of liked the broadcast team throwing to Megan O'Leavy, who's sitting in a respective corner to get scoops, but that is just inherently flawed from a broadcast perspective, from from a lot of perspectives. I know one thing. Uh, I've cornered fighters in the past, and if I had somebody shoving a mic in my face, or at least even over there discussing it, I wouldn't want that relayed on the air. I wouldn't want that relayed anywhere where somebody could overhear a game plan, the strengths and weaknesses, any of that. You let out the amount of, of strengths and weaknesses that you want verbally as you're shouting to someone in the cage. Maybe you have code set up. I don't know. And who knows? For all, for all that I'm aware, there could have been corners that opted out of this because it wasn't like a regular thing. I feel like maybe it was a test run. <clears throat> Cyphers won this fight. She was really timid after this. Uh, that surprised me a little bit. Maybe not too much. She's, she's a little different, man. She is a little bit different, but it was a good win for her. Man, she is jacked. That woman is just jacked to the gills. She is. She looked good in this fight, but I mean, what what else? What what's next for her? I don't, I don't know what could be next after after a performance like this uh, for her because this division is so unpredictable. You could end up with a, a top ten name, or you could end up with somebody who's. Two and three in the UFC, or or two and three as a pro fighter, for that matter. I mean, my God, it's Jody Escabel six and six now, and Hannah's like won her last two. Only person she lost to was Macy Barber, and I'm pretty sure that was a a, a late notice fight where where Cyphers was like a ridiculous underdog on like a few weeks notice. Casey Kenny beat Manny Bermudez via unanimous decision. This is a catch weight because Bermudez has to move to 145. He wasn't going to make weight. He didn't make weight last time. Kenny knew he wasn't going to make weight. He was out there in interviews all week saying, I don't care if he makes weight or not. That's more money for me if he doesn't. Kenny wins this fight. It's not great. Seemed to be a trend early on. Kenny calls out Uriah Faber and Frankie Edgar for bantamweight fights. Uh, I respect that, but he's not getting those fights. That's not going to happen. At least right now. But he is 13-1. and one. He has won two fights in a row. He did beat Ray Borg. 
as he came into the UFC. He has four wins in the last nine months, albeit two of those were in LFA, but he's looking real good. He's won three fights over the last five months. So if he wins two more in a row and he puts himself in position to get a top 10 fight, he can go out there and say, I've been calling out the top guys all along. So good for him. Jakar Close defeated Christos Giagos. Now, this wasn't a great fight early on, but it was paced a lot faster. That changed towards the end of the uh, the third round. Giagos tries to apply that rear naked choke, but couldn't get it done. Uh, Close was able to stand up and end up dropping Giagos, who always seems to have a problem with gassing out based on what I've seen. Close landed a really good trip and a hammer fist that followed, and then threw a soccer kick. Now, there are a lot of people that were I saw tweeting like, oh, isn't that illegal? It's only illegal to the head. You can throw soccer kicks to the body. Uh, John Jones actually technically won his first MMA fight with a soccer kick to the ribs. It's, an, it's a very effective technique. If you have someone turtled up uh, uh, for, for the layman, face down, ass up, in, in no uncertain terms, and when you stand up out of that turtled up position, they don't do anything. They stay there almost like, like a vertical fetal position. Throw that body kick. It, it's the safest thing you can do. Just suppose the notes that uh, Drakkar left the MMA lab for some training camp called Fight Ready. I, I guess we'll see. He did well. Uh, they they really turned this into a barn burner towards the end of the fight, and it was good. Sandhagen, number nine, defeated number three, Rafael Sunsau, who has turned into this division's gatekeeper. And that's okay. That, that's a good spot to have. But this wasn't as great as I thought it would be, especially considering Sandhagen's history. The guy is so good. He's 12-1. and one. He, uh, you know, he's gotten to these, these top levels, and based on how he did against uh, Aguayo and Arnett, Alcantara and Batista, how he was able to finish them, and even before that, I think Gavino uh, a couple years ago when he won with that head kick in the first round, I thought he was going to be able to do this some of the top guys too, but thus far he's run into John Lineker in a split decision. He ran into a Sun Sound unanimous decision. Ultimately, as long as he's winning the fights, that's what matters. So you can say it's not not as flashy, uh, but Sandhagen's getting the job done, and he's going to be a top five guy next week. Sun Sal wasn't completely shut out or anything, but Sandhagen did shut him down. I mean, there was there was a couple of takedowns and a big slam from a Sun Sal, but Sandhagen is one of the best fighters that I have seen who uses his defense in an offensive manner. Like, and the fighters that are able to do that, man, they have they have a long shelf life. So to be honest with you, if Sanhagen's able to keep this up, he's 27 now. It would not surprise me to see him in the UFC in 2030. It would not, not at all. Especially considering his frame, he would be able to move to featherweight if he so chose in the future. He, uh, he just looked exceptionally well. And he's ready for another top guy. And the thing is, it's like, well, where, where do you go once you beat the top three or you beat number three guy? Well, there are options there. Uh, Dominic Cruz is always an option, assuming he ever wants to freaking fight again. Uh, Peter Yan's up there, but I, I think he's hurt and out for the rest of the year. Cejudo's out for the rest of the year. I don't think you throw him Sterling. I don't think you do that. I think you probably go Marias. Based on, on Sanhagen's trajectory, I think that's a good one considering that Cejudo just beat him. I like that fight. 
Sanhagen, though, 5-0 and in the UFC, 4-0 in the division. If you all are regulars of the Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern Fightful MMA podcast, I do a uh, segment called I Got Five on it, where I put $5 on uh, a few underdogs. Kama Worthy was that underdog, and we found out that he was even in that fight seconds before we went off the air. I usually have five on it on a sizable underdog, especially when they're a late notice replacement, because you just never know what's going to happen. Worthy had trained with Devontae Smith before, and man, Worthy was, man, if this guy would have found the UFC earlier, would have been nothing but money. This guy is so charismatic, and uh, he had trained with Smith before, so he's familiar with Smith. Was able to uh, put his hands on Smith, derail that hype train, and and get himself into the UFC. 15-6, and six, man. And, and he earned it, too. He fought, like, three weeks ago. He was in a 24-7 FC, I think. And he, he had a three-rounder. He's fought, I think, four times since December. And, I mean, he's had a rough go of it, man. He looked like he could have been... I mean, he's had a couple of rough streaks. He, a lot of people don't know this about him. He fought Paul Felder in one of his, his first fights ever. I think his third fight, he ran to Paul Felder. That's tough, man. But he didn't quit. He came back. He won like six fights in a row, then lost two fights in a row. Was able to get into CES, couldn't win there. Was able to get into King of the Cage, couldn't win there. So he kept on finding himself in these somewhat prominent promotions, at least promotions that get you noticed by the UFC, and couldn't get the job done. He is on the best stretch of his career at 30, almost 33, he said. In a couple months, he'll be 33. And he said that he hated doing this to Devontae Smith, but he couldn't pass up the opportunity to get into the UFC. This guy was all class and charisma. He said that Smith is young, he'll be back here, but he had to take this opportunity for him and his family I got a lot of respect for Kama Worthy. He probably isn't getting that 50 grand after the Miocic finish and and the way that a lot of this happened, but I hope he does. I hope this guy does because I love the story of this guy. Number eight, Derek Brunson overcame. Number 10, Ian Heinish. Now, number eight, Derek Brunson did not have a coach for a long time, and that was reflected in his technique. There were stuff that Derek Brunson would do that we would have like second or third week women in our women's kickboxing classes not doing. Like throwing your back feet up on a straight punch. Like you don't do that. You lose all your power. Your power comes from your hips, your legs, your ass, your your hips. That's where it comes from. And when you throw your feet, feet up off the ground, you lose a lot of that. It's bad. And he did that an awful lot. Derek Brunson has shored up a lot of that. He still has some really rough technical striking, but in in that manner, like he's 34, he's going to be 35 soon. How, how much more is he going to learn at this stage of his career? I'm sure he'll be able to learn more. How well will he be able to implement it? So when Heinish is able to step right in and crack Brunson with his big head kick, the fact that Brunson didn't just fall over and die, that's impressive because, quite frankly, we've seen him do that before. Nowadays, Brunson's got a little bit more guidance, and he said it was Dominic Cruz that led him down that path. Dominic Cruz is like, hey, bro, who's your coach? Because he ain't doing it for you. 
I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Reminder, leave a thumbs up on this video. It really helps us out. Even if you're in the live chat, scroll down on the comment board. Leave a comment. Tell me who your favorite fight was from tonight. Tell me who you think should get the bonuses. Go uh, follow at FightfulMMA on Twitter. Jeremy Lambert is over there uh, live tweeting. Give him a follow as well. So Brunson, I noticed, are just exceptional at sprawling out, creating some opportunities for himself. He does that very well. Uh, landed a left down the middle fairly repeatedly uh, and, and recovered recovered very well and took this fight. A lot of people would have just given up after Ian Heinish landed that naughty head kick. That was a damn good one. A damn good one. Heinish was 13-1 and going into this. And he was somebody I was looking at, man. A year ago, he was on Contender Series. And uh, he, beat, he beat Cesar Ferrara and beat Shoeface. I thought he was going to beat Derek Brunson. And if he did, that would have been a big one. Because those are, that's a, I don't want to say a murderer's row, but man, that, that's, that's somebody to come in there against. And he's at the point of his career at 31 years old. Got to get your move on. Middleweight skews a little bit older, so not that terrible, but. Derek Brunson earned this win and deserved this win. And good for him for uh, stepping up and making some changes. Colby Covington showed up in the crowd in the middle of this fight. Crowd chanted, Colby sucks. Okay. Sadiq Yusuf flattened Gabriel Benitez. This, like Benitez was able to threaten briefly, but Yusuf is so good, man. He, he showboated a little bit, but he was able to keep Benitez at the end of his strikes very well. He is now 10 and 1. Benitez now 21 and 17. Uh, Benitez has been at it a while, man. He's a 12 year vet. And he's had some streaks and he's been inconsistent of late. But, like, it's hard for me to believe that Benitez has been in the UFC for five years. And really, I don't remember much about him before this May when he slammed Bandane and. And beat him. And I, I know he's won a couple fights. I think he was on the Verdum Hunt card. But whatever. He was on Tough Latin America. But not a guy that, that like I, I remember a lot about. After five years. I remember more about Sadiq Youssef in, in one year. He was on Contender Series a year ago. And has won three fights since then. Finished two of them. I remember more about him. He's made more of an impression. He's been more consistent. He countered, he being Yusef, countered a Benitez strike with a great right hook, and that's a wrap. Yusef now 3-0 in the UFC, 4-0 if you count Contender Series. I put a little, I put more stock into Contender Series than most tough fights, unless they're high level and they're finishes, because uh, I'll explain that later, but Yusef looking good, man. Uh, it's hard for me to th believe he'll get another fight this year. He's had... Three since December 1st of last year. Uh, he's been very active and very successful as a result, but he was a pretty big favorite. I would like to see him face the odds a little bit. He was an underdog in Contender Series, but other than that, mm, we're not seeing him work from underneath a lot. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I get it. He's a featherweight. You, you want to stack those contenders there. But I, I think that Bektich, Ryan Hall would be a good one for him. I'm cool with that. Up next, number seven, Paulo Costa defeated number two, Yoel Romero. This was great. Romero came out aggressive and slipped, and then it all goes down. Costa drops Romero. Romero drops Costa. Romero looked pretty knackered about 90 seconds in, right after he and Costa dropped each other. Romero gets pushed up against the cage and has nowhere to go outside of right into Costa's fists. That happened. But right after that, Romero gets a big knee uh, thrown, and or he, he throws a big knee, like a running knee, and gets kicked in the nutsack. That's brutal, man. Paulo Costa will do that. Let's be real, you know the dangers. Make sure my audio's on. Had to cough there. Costa was throwing heat to the body. Just hard hooks. I swear to God, this corner was just going 3-4, 3-4, 3-4. Those of you who don't know, those are hook, 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 hook. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Nasty, my man. Nasty. This did a lot of damage to Romero. Somehow, though, Romero was more effective in the third round than he was since the opening minutes of the first. Now, I thought Costa took round one and two. Could you argue round one? Possibly. Sure. <clears throat> Maybe. Thought thought Romero stole that round, round three. He really poured it on. He did well. I was shocked by the booze at this. I was shocked that so many people thought that that uh, Romero won. I'm going to go over to MMA Decisions to see how it how it looks. Now, media is sitting at 11 and 11, but they didn't count. Uh, I, su- I supplied my score a little bit too late. I'd be the tiebreaker there. Uh, fans have it 54% cost, a 41% Romero, nine or 4% draw. Hard for me to, to put that on a draw and real hard. Like I see one media member give it 27-30 Romero. What? What? No thanks, man. What is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. Paulo Costa wants a title shot. He wants Israel Adesanya, uh, the interim champion, or Robert Whitaker, the middleweight champion. He wants the winner of that. I think a bigger... St- that's obvious. That's going to happen. It's, it's probably the, the route they're going. Like you look at the way that things are, and it ain't it ain't Gaslam, it ain't Hermanson. It's 
Paulo Costa. Weidman hit the bricks. He's gone. But, uh, like, it's probably going to be Costa, just based on name value. But Romero's done. Not, not like, done fighting. He might fight some more. He's done at the championship levels. Like, maybe, I think that him versus Hermanson would be a good fight. I don't think Hermanson's going to get a title fight. But I think that Romero and Hermanson's good. But you, you look at Romero now. He has trouble making weight. You can't. He can't win fights. He's won one fight since the beginning, I think, of 2017. So that's done. This isn't 2016 when he was beating Weidman, Souza, Machida, Tim Kennedy, albeit under some controversial circumstances. We've been talking about Yoel Romero near the top of this division for five years since him and Souza had their fights canceled all the time. They've had three fights canceled. And, I mean, he's been getting pretty big fights for a long time. I think he should move up to 205. That's a popular thing to do. Weidman's doing it. Rockhold did it. Everybody says 205 needs bodies. Not really. Not really. They don't. Ozdemir just won again. Blahovich is good. Dom Reyes is good. Anthony Smith is good. Tiago Santos is still good. Rakic, Walker. <clears throat> you got some good people there. You got some good guys at 205. Me and Big E of WWE fame uh, talked about it last week. That interview will drop soon. Paulo Costa wins. Anything else happen on this card? Nate Diaz. Defeated number seven, Anthony Pettis. Nate Diaz wasn't ranked because he hasn't fought in three years. I don't make any bones about it. I don't believe that a Diaz brother is going to fight until that cage door closes. This is a huge shot in the arm for the UFC. They need stars. They need big stars. Nate Diaz is objectively a big star. And here's the thing. Nate Diaz was not a big star before he cut that just <laughs> profanity-laced tirade after his win over Michael Johnson. He talked himself into a fight with Conor McGregor. He did not deserve that fight with Conor McGregor. He talked his way into it and whipped Conor McGregor's ass and became a marquee player, arguably the marquee player in the UFC right now. And if you watch any of the shows, I had doubts about this. Layoff. Nate Diaz not checking a leg kick since the Civil War. Not checking a leg kick since since Ronald Reagan declared the war on drugs. Like it was some sort of protest that Nate Diaz put up. I thought that was going to be, spell the beginning of the end for Nate Diaz. And it did early on. But Anthony Pettis caught the the shit into the stick on one of those leg kicks, went shin to shin, really messed him up. Now, you can woulda, coulda, shoulda all you want. I think that if uh, Pettis had full faculties of his leg, he wins this fight. But that ain't what happened. That isn't what happened. They went shin to shin. Pettis didn't have that luxury anymore. And Nate Diaz put the pain on Pettis. Uh, Pettis was was switching it up and going high. Uh, but Diaz got a takedown, moved out of the guillotine, gained full mount and the back. 
Diaz took that first round right away from Pettis. Pettis won those first couple of minutes. But Pettis uh, wasn't able to maintain it. The ref called time in round two as there was an issue with <laughs> with uh, Diaz's eye. Like, that was the... <laughs> Diaz wasn't going to let them check that eye. Come on. Ain't happening. Pettis' talk of Nate, quote-unquote, not being a real welterweight was... Even more confusing when you saw how much bigger Diaz was than him. I don't know. Diaz is able to pull that fight into clinch range, and that's what he wants, man. He wants to throw those knees. He wants to throw those elbows. The last place you want to be against a Diaz brother is against the cage. You don't have any leverage to shoot for takedowns. You don't have anything to work off of. You can't yank them down. It's rough. You can't get your hips underneath anybody. You can't go left. You can't go right. You sure as shit can't go forward. And you can't go backwards. All you can do is eat the punches. Eat the barrage of punches that a Diaz brother is about to throw into you. This was the Nick Diaz game for years in Strike Force When they didn't throw anybody that even had something resembling a grappling game at Nick Diaz, he would back them up against the cage, put on the pain, end the fight. I don't know how Pettis didn't get finished. There were some filthy knees that should have finished him. Uh, somehow Pettis ended up in Diaz's guard after all that happened. This is an outstanding fight, and Diaz looked really good. I had a lot of doubts, and this was vintage Diaz. After the fight, he says that he left because everybody sucks, he being uh, Nate Diaz. Now, honestly, I wanted to see him fight... Tony Ferguson, but he called out George Masvidal. I love that fight. That is a pay-per-view main event right now. And if you doubted it, you should have seen the interaction for this co-main event. There are very few non-title fights that can be put on and be major pay-per-view sellers. This, with with a good undercard, do it in California... Put Uriah Faber second second or third from the top. Put another former champion on the show. Put a couple of top ten guys on there. You got yourself a card. Do it in L.A. Masvidal versus Diaz is a pay-per-view main event. couple of guys that are like probably 66% winning percentage, if that, in the UFC. But personalities, they sell. And these two guys are characters. Now, Nate Diaz said that he is defending his belt. I don't know what belt he's talking about. Like the CBD Marijuana Weight Championship is what I put on Twitter. Hey, good for him. I'm glad he's back. I hope you all go to FightfulMMA.com and click every goddamn article we write about Nate Diaz. We need it. Hit that RT. Tap it. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. All that. It's important. Man. Main event time. UFC Heavyweight Championship. Stipe Miocic defeated Daniel Cormier to become the UFC Heavyweight Champion again. And man, this was a hell of a comeback. This was a good one. Uh, I thought that Cormier was going to win. 
but uh, we're going to talk about about the legacy of Cormier momentarily. Let's get into it. Early on, Daniel Cormier had an elevated fireman's carry, which for wrestling fans, that's an attitude adjustment. Cormier's wrestling set up some nasty hammer fists from a turtled position. He was trying to get Herb to stop it, but Herb was like, no, no, young man. Not today. I'm not falling for this one. Not falling for the old Brow versus Faber here. Second round, there's a big turning of the tides. Cormier kind of lazily waded in and got cracked several times, but didn't go to sleep, which was a positive. I still gave Cormier that round. He looked a little bit tired, but still throwing heavy. Miocic, however, looked a lot fresher to start round three and got a one-two combo and managed a takedown, but it was mostly for show. And Cormier still won the round. However, Cormier did not show Miocic the respect that he deserved. And just eight nasty shots. Nasty lefts in particular to the body that just zapped his energy. Miocic crumpled Cormier and finished him off for the win. Cormier was dejected. This was an outstanding come-from-behind win. This was an amazing fight. One of the best heavyweight uh, title fights I've ever seen. And as good as that fight is, I got a lot of questions about the legacy of these two men. Because as it pertains to the heavyweight division, there's a whole lot of what-ifs. There are a lot of asterisks that people put on this. There are some people that don't want to call Stipe the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time or heavyweight champion of all time. Because he lost to Stefan Struve early in his career in a great fight, a fight of the night. He also lost to Junior Dos Santos to fight of the night. Guys never lost back-to-back fights, ever. He won the UFC heavyweight title. He defended it successfully three times in a row. Nobody has ever done that. The guy has, God, I think eight performance bonuses. Every single one of his wins since, I think, like, since the Maldonado fight, besides Ngannou as a finish, the guy has beaten Cormier, Ngannou, Dos Santos, Overeem, Verdum, Arlovsky, Hunt, even Gonzaga and Roy Nelson, if you want to go that route. Who hasn't the guy beaten? Now, here's the thing. I look at the legacy of Stipe Miocic and I say, you are easily the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. Now, there'll be some people, some clowns, that say Cain Velazquez. And I can't get with that, man. I can't get with that. Was he good? Yes. Was he the greatest of all time? No. Who'd he beat? Okay, he beat Nog. He beat Lesnar. He beat Silva. He beat Dos Santos. That's a, that's a great resume. He beat, he beat Silva and Dos Santos twice each. And did it in pretty brutal fashion, too. But Stipe Miocic is better than him. A better champion than him. Both two-time heavyweight champions. But I, I give the nod to Stipe. Especially considering that Stipe is far more consistent. I mean, you look at Stipe's career, I think he's got 16 fights. I think... I think he's been around three years less than Kane and uh, has more fights, more, I think, more wins. But then you look at Daniel Cormier, and here's the thing. 
I think Daniel Cormier could have been the greatest uh, UFC heavyweight of all time. I think Daniel Cormier could have been the greatest heavyweight of all time. And the thing is, and hear me out here, I think Cormier is a lot closer to being the greatest heavyweight of all time than he is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. And a lot of that is because he's only had, what, four UFC heavyweight fights, and he beat Lewis, Miocic, uh, Nelson, and Mir. Some good wins, but outside of there, he beat Bigfoot, Barnett, and a couple other guys outside of the UFC. Sure. But, man, his resume doesn't quite stack up to that of Miocic. Doesn't quite stack up to Fedor's. But, man, when we're, talking, we're, when we're talking about this conversation, we're talking about two of the all-time greats. And I hope there's a rubber match. I hope this is the rubber match. I hope this is the, the trilogy, rather, that Cormier is after. Not John Jones. Stipe is really good, man. I'll tell you what's a bummer and I don't want to see again. I don't want to see that boring ass fight against Nganu again. Ugh. Thought we were maybe getting Nganu and Cormier at the end of the year. Doesn't look like it, buddies. Ugh. Now, if Cormier wants to drop down and challenge for that 205 pound title, I'm okay with that. Do do I want him to do that? No. But he didn't lose that title. He didn't lose that title. Let me know what you guys think. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. Um, <laughs> Trevor Miller says, Trilogy, DC doesn't deserve a rematch. Trevor, pardon my language and I'll do respect. You're high off your fucking ass. Daniel Cormier finished Sipe Miocic. Knocked him out. First round. Then... Controlled three rounds. Won three rounds. Right now, Cormier is up four rounds to one on Stipe. Yeah, he des- he deserves a rematch. If if he so chooses. Sure, I'm okay with that. If they went with Nganu, sure, I'm okay with that. Whatever. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Thank you guys so much for being here. Visit FightfulMMA.com. Remember, every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Fightful MMA Podcast, myself, Showdown Joe. A guy was nominated for MMA Journalist of the Year about a decade ago. Real good dude. Very experienced. Trained as a judge. Trained as a ref. Outstanding member of the media. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.